Hello, Eric's Pod Babies, and welcome to Own Goal Podcast, episode 31. How dare you talk to my children like that? Date of recording, June 19th, 2019. And if you're Eric, if you're one of Eric's children listening to this podcast, then first of all, I'm very sorry. Second of all, I'm sorry to everyone listening because we live in a world where Man City won the Premier League title and Liverpool won the Champions League. And I am about one bad I'm about one dad bad day away from hanging myself in my bathroom. That was weeks ago. Stop living in the past, baby. That's why we wait so long to record, so we still have to talk about that shit. Yes, because you know what the present is? I am watching Mexico and Canada play in an exhilarating Gold Cup match. What a time to be alive. I mean, it could be worse. You could be watching the U.S. men's national team. Oh, but um, Too more real. On more on that later. But first... To the byline. It's in! It's in our goal! It's a gift! He's almost done well to get that in because he's ahead of the near post. He's almost behind him. Sticks his left leg out. It almost hits his heel. And goes straight into the bottom of the corner. Bottom corner of the net. Gets ahead of the ball. It's the inside of his car. Got no chance to clear the keeper. Astonishing position to get the play into. As always, we like to kick things off, <laughs> soccer pun intended, with uh, what's new in the soccer world. And what is better than going back to traditional FIFA, FIFA-ry, really? Uh, Platini arrested for Qatar bribery shit. I know this and, really uh, doesn't matter, but technically, Platini was the president of UEFA and not FIFA. <laughs> that may seem like a really unimportant distinction i just thought i'd throw that out there for the sake of accuracy okay but to be fair uefa is a functioning branch of the, the greater fifa organization yes much like cartels have sub cartels within them that is correct yes yes just like virginity brokers have virginity broker companies they roll up to i'm sure i've been trying to learn more about this industry because apparently all of our listeners knew about it and i did not well, uh, let me just, spoiler alert, I'll be bringing up something kind of weird later on this podcast, and I'll be interested to see if you've heard about this one, <laughs> but oh, we'll get there. Um, sweet. But anyways, Platini arrested, uh, also uh, upon the, uh, within the, the soccer community, at least the online uh, weirdo soccer community, I've been hearing rumblings about potential backdoor FIFA meetings. And that really could be the name of a porno, just saying. I was going to say, what are they doing at these FIFA meetings? Just tearing off on each other's buttholes? Well, apparently they are discussing any possibilities or, or potential um, relocations of the 2022 World Cup. Interesting note on that. Since Platini got arrested, England's odds, like betting odds to end up hosting the 2022 World Cup have increased dramatically. If only I were a betting man, Donald. If only I were a betting man. Yeah, well, we'll be in Vegas in September, so. No, I, I, I am horribly a betting man. Um, but but yeah, I actually that's... learned you weren't a sports betting man recently, and it turned out in our favor, as we'll get to later. Yeah, but no, I, I, I will bet on a lot of sports in Vegas. I just, I, I can't, I can't screw over my bank account by having some online or, or local bookies. Wow, this really got off the rails. Basically, um, I'm sure Qatar is going to continue to have the World Cup 2020, but just ear to the ground, there's some rumblings afoot. I don't know if you remember this, but a long time ago when it was first announced, 
that Qatar was going to have the World Cup and it was going to be in the winter, I told you it's not going to end up being in Qatar. I don't know if you remember this. This was years ago. We were in college, I think. Yeah, if you and, can't put the tape, there's no proof of it. And I was adamant then that Qatar is not going to host the World Cup in 2022. And I'm getting back on that take. Yeah? Would you, right now, would you put money on, no, they will not host? Yes, I would. I would put if money, were, they wouldn't if host. If there were even odds, 50, you know, one to one, will they host or no, they won't host? I would put $500 on, they won't host. Wow. Important to note, there was a recent report that I think, uh, what, over a thousand Nepali, like, slave labor laborers have died in construction. Oh, Jesus Christ. Yeah. That's a lot and like I've I've been seeing some some internet comments and I don't know why I'm bringing the internet into this. Uh, they're like, honestly, they should just keep the World Cup in Qatar because uh you know those people died. And oh it, my it, God! It would, a, they... it, it would be a waste. And I'm like, that is that that is not like attend. People won't be attending the World Cup in solidarity for the slave laborers. It, it'd be supporting the fucking system that perpetrated the slave labor whoever said that online is a fucking idiot i've seen it in more than i've seen it from more than one 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 person okay i i if we talk about this anymore i'm gonna break my computer in half <laughs> um kpmg ranked soccer teams by enterprise value don't really know what that means but real madrid was the most valuable club in the world the only reason i bring this up was to say that man U is the second most enterprise valuable club in the world a billion more than Liverpool and City, and all of England's top six clubs made it. That's the so only. Th this isn't just a straight like earnings or revenue. Yeah, I don't know what enterprise value means, Eric. I really don't know. Enterprise value could be mean anything. Okay. Well, they, really... they measured it in billions of euros. That's all I know. I'm. I'm really glad you brought this uh, very analytical stat to the uh, to the table here. Yeah, next next gen stats, baby. Way of the future. <laughs> Apparently, uh, all of England's top six made it. How many? Uh, I just said that. How many? Well, I'm at, well. I was I was going back to it because my follow up question is: How many total teams were lit, were named? If it was like all of England's top six made the list, it was a it was a top ten list. That is good to know. Top ten list: All six England teams made it. The two usual suspects from Spain: Bayern Munich, and at the bottom, the Juventus. The, bottom of the list was Juventus. Yeah. Yeah, I know none of the other Italian clubs would make it because nobody cares about Napoli. Uh, Inter is just now being less fucked up. And like I said, Milan is about as financially secure as a, uh, a hooker with a crack addiction. <laughs> um, also to note, the top three highest played athletes in the world all play soccer. Mess uh, Messi, Ronaldo, Neymar. So if you want your kid, if you want a big payday, put your kid in soccer. That way you can become an agent. Listen, if one of my kids was a professional athlete, you bet your ass I am living off, I'm retiring and I'm living off their earnings because I raised them and I gave them food for fucking 18 years. And are so you, are you going to charge them like a, a parent fee? Like, uh, some parent clubs have a sell on clause to when they, is that, is that the, absolutely. And the better they, ha the more successful their career is, the more money they have to give me for being their dad. Is there, like, a certain expiration where, like, 10 years after they're no longer under your roof, you're, you're no longer entitled to earnings? Yes, but it's 20 years. Uh, for as many years as they're under your roof? Is the, that the... the 18 years they were under my roof plus interest of two years. <laughs> uh, Eric, I have a trivia question for you. Sure. 
Who is the only player to score in the UEFA Super Cup, Champions League Final, and Europa League Final? He is also the only player to win the Premier League, World Cup, European Championship, Champions League, and Europa League. Can you name that guy? Okay. So, initial question. No, I can't. (laughs) Are you going to guess? Well, my first question is, did you know the answer to this question before you saw the answer? No, 1,000 fucking percent, I did not. Okay. This is a, so, this is the stupidest question in history. Okay, so win the Premier League, the World Cup, the Euros. I guess my, 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 my qualifying question to you is, is it in the 2000s, in the 90s? Is it like... This stat was completed because this player just won the Europa League. Okay, so it's Olivier Giroud. It is Pedro. What? France have not won the European Championship in a few years, oh, so it couldn't be that. But Pedro's got won the World Cup with Spain, European Championship with Spain, Champions League with Barcelona, Europa League with Chelsea, Premier League with Chelsea, and he scored in all those competitions with the various teams. You know what? It definitely isn't, uh, what's his name? Olivier Giroud, because it's Pedro. Um, I get that now. That 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 makes sense to me now. Also, I don't um, think Olivier Giroud's played in a Champions League final. And he hasn't. Uh, that's what, what dawned on me. Um, but he did lead the, uh, the Europa <laughs> League in goal scored, which I called. In my prediction, I said Chelsea's <laughs> going to win because it would make sense for uh, Olivier Giroud to score. Also, he's never won the Premier League either because he played for Arsenal for all those years. <laughs> I couldn't remember when he when he moved over to Chelsea. I guess it was like what two seasons ago, season and a half ago, something like that. Yeah. Um, in other news, I was never gonna think of fucking Pedro, so it no, doesn't really matter. No, it, nobody would have gotten this right except Pedro. I don't even know if he knew that. Yeah, he'd be like, "What? Who is it?" <laughs> like, it's you, you <laughs> asshole. <laughs> apparently there's a documentary coming out about ronaldo and messi the title is i met a monster and it's like 50 different players talking about the two guys the, the two of them and like playing against them i'm kind of looking forward to that i think that's really going to be cool who uh who's who's producing the documentary i have no idea where's it gonna what's it gonna be on i have no idea you're so excited <laughs> that you don't know any information about it look Every every month, I'm just gonna Google "I met a monster" until something comes up. <laughs> You're gonna find some creepy ass shit. <laughs> um, El Mundo in Spain is reporting that seven uh, Real Valladolid. Uh, that definitely was not typed. Real Valladad players, seven of them, were paid to lose a final match of La Liga season against Valencia. I don't know what El Mundo's like reputation for veracity is like, but I hope this is true. <laughs> because it just makes La Liga look that much shittier. Well, it makes it look like like the like Syria back in the match fixing scandal days of like the eighties and nineties. Yes, and Juventus was really punished so much for their role in that. I mean, they actually were punished really harshly. I guess so. They got like fucked. Well, it turned out all right for them in the end, I suppose. Well, yeah, they're, they're, the, they're the only thing afloat in a massive sinking ship that is Syria. So, speaking of sinking ships, Real Madrid was a sinking ship all season. They brought their boy back, Zinedine Zidane. 
I'm pretty sure a part of the deal, like, Perez had to, like, chop off his own penis or his at least one testicle. Perez had to do something humiliating to himself. I don't know if it's getting pegged. I don't know what it is. Do you think he, he uh, agreed? Maybe maybe he, uh, he did the uh, PSG uh, Edison Cavani route and made an agreement with Zidane. And the conditions is that they break the agreement and Zidane gets to decapitate him. How much money would you pay to watch a live stream of, of Zinedine Zidane decapitating Fiorentino Perez? I would not want to be associated with pain to, to see one man kill another man. <laughs> that is 100% where I draw the line. And That's I'm a very political answer. I'm terrified that that is not the weird thing you were planning on bringing up. <laughs> that is definitely not the weird thing. Um, But uh, in terms of I mean, one of the things that was reported – uh, Zidane, you know, originally walked uh, over a couple of reasons. One of which being not getting the the backing in the transfer market. One of those was selling uh, Ronaldo, but then not bringing in adequate competitive players. And I think it was also reported that Zidane came back because Florentino Perez agreed to uh, actually financially back Real in the transfer market. And when you look at you know Eden Hazard. Uh, Mil- Militao, Rodrigo, Ferland Mendy, and then honestly, I know Hazard's the big, the big name. The move I like the most, Luka Jovic. He was fun to watch for, for Eintracht Frankfurt in the uh, Bundesliga, and especially in the uh, Europa League where they made a run this season. Like they lost in the semis to uh, Chelsea, I think. But Luka Jovic, I'm really excited to see what he can do. It'll be interesting him and Kareem Benzema competing for kind of the same role. Well, one thing I, I noticed from Jovic is that there were times where they would actually play him out um, kind of like in a front three out in the far right. So I could even see a situation where you have like Hazard top left, Benzema top, and then Jovic top right. Tell me that doesn't get your nipples a little tingly. My nipples are always tingly. It's actually a rare blood disease that I have. I'd really rather not go into it in this context. Um, Messi's youngest son, Mateo, is apparently an absolute troll. He, When he plays like with, with Messi in their yard, he pretends to be teams that have recently beaten Barcelona, like Valencia or Liverpool, as more recent examples. And apparently his older brother, he likes to troll his older brother by cheering for Real Madrid goals, which is like upsets his older brothers. I don't know. This kid sounds pretty funny, though. <laughs> so we also know which which child is Messi's least favorite child. Yeah, definitely this one. Definitely the youngest. Um, speaking of, apparently Messi has made it known he wants Neymar back at Barcelona more than... Oh, God damn it. Mexico just scored. I mean, Mexico are most likely going to win the Gold Cup, so like, just get used to it, Donald. Yeah, but their coach Tata has like a size C Tatas, if you know what I mean. Got okay, but moves. like... They are far and away superior to us, and you know me. You know how much that fucking chaps my ass to admit. God, that's so annoying. Sorry, uh, Messi wants Neymar over Griezmann. That was the story there before the Mexican so rudely interrupted me by scoring a pigeon goal. Um, interestingly, also, Neymar has officially stated that he wants to return to Barcelona. PSG has also stated that they are sick of the, uh, like, uh, superstar culture and that they don't want players that that care about themselves over the club 
what I don't know what the hell's going on here. It's a weird, weird situation where nobody wants to be where they are. Uh, it, but I, I read that PSG are going to require the Barcelona or whoever pay more for Neymar than they paid to bring him over here. But with the player and the club not wanting each other, I don't see any club deciding to meet that massive evaluation. I agree. And this we can just dive into anti Neymar world segment right here, real quick. Um, in addition to all what you're saying, which I completely agree with, Neymar's three match suspension appeal was denied. He arrived to Brazil to Brazil's training for the Copa America in a personalized Mercedes helicopter. I can't think of anything douchier than a personalized Mercedes helicopter. I really can't. What if I pulled? What if I bought uh, an identical replica of the Dark Knight's Batmobile? Less douchey than a personalized Mercedes helicopter and showing up to a soccer practice like that. Okay. Um. Then I just gotta. I just wanna make sure my bucket list items aren't aren't super douchey. <laughs> then sucks for Neymar. This does suck that he got injured yeah. for the Copa America, but it is just a down downhill spiral for him right now um also not to to overshadow Neymar but definitely to overshadow Neymar Mbappe uh two years younger than Messi or Ronaldo when he hit his 100th career uh senior goal yeah which that is kind of awesome I don't know Mbappe really excites me because like I you got to feel like in the next three years that Messi Ronaldo they're done as like the, you know what I mean? As what they've been. As, like, the two greatest of their generation. Yes. Th- th- that is definitely coming to an end. And watching a guy like Mbappe, who is so exciting to watch and fun to watch, is just, oh, please score. Fuck! It's Canada. What do you think they're going to do? You, do you think they're going to do you a solid? <laughs> I mean, they're so nice. I thought they would try. <laughs> um, what Like, to see him kind of be the next player it looks like to take on that torch is going to be super exciting. Hopefully he gets the hell out of PSG and Liga. Speaking of Liga, I don't. I don't, I don't think he's leaving. If if uh, PSG sell Neymar, there's no way they're gonna let go of Mbappe. I don't care if they net six hundred million euros for the, for the pair. They they're not going to be able to compete in a uh, Champions League, which is all they care about. Because you know they're gonna win Uber Eats League no matter what. Yes, and I'm glad you brought that up because League A has just entered into its sponsorship deal with Uber Eats, and starting 2020-2021 season, they'll be known as League A Uber Eats, and we're just going to call it the... We're already now calling it the Uber Eats League. Yeah. Um, okay, Suarez... I, I love that it's not it's not the greater Uber sponsorship, like the whole Uber organization. It's specifically Uber Eats. It's a sub-Uber. I know, but like, it's not they're sponsored by Uber. They're sponsored by Uber Eats. It's just no, funnier. I love that. I do. Um, Suarez says that he was treated inhumanely after biting Chiellini at the 2014 World Cup. Maybe because what you did was fucking unhuman. It was animalistic. This kind of takes me back to the phrase, you know, treat others the way you want to be treated. Yeah, if you go around biting people, everyone's going to think you're a weird asshole. Eating human is not a human experience or or action. Therefore, I'm going to treat somebody with cannibalistic cannibalistic tendencies as something other than human. 
Yeah. Um, he also, he also, uh, this was, I know he said that recently. Uh, this just reminds me of just a few years ago, maybe like, like one or two, talking about how uh, he was absolutely ups- like, like incensed with uh, the way the soccer community treated him. Uh, he, he said he's like boycotting a- award banquets because of his protest to, to, to FIFA for the way they made him seem like a monster and they, he'll never forgive them for how they made his children view him. And I'm like, dude, if you want your children to like <laughs> you, don't let them see you eating people. <laughs> dude, he also doesn't do it subtly. Like he does it, he does it in the most, te- like the most televised moments. He's done it three times. In history. Um, Mauricio Sarri is going to Juve after one year at Chelsea. It seems that Frank Lampard is the heir apparent, which means we're going to have both Frank Lampard and John Terry in the Premier League, which is going to give JT more opportunity to cuck good old Frankie boy. Also, um, I've heard that Derby County is holding out to uh, for a $4 million or pound, uh, I guess, transfer or, or release clause for, for Frank Lampard. Which is just, it just blows my mind that Chelsea are paying $4 million to bring in somebody who, to me, has been relatively untested. Yeah, I mean, he had a good debut season at Derby, but, I mean, that's the championship. It's his debut season. That was his debut season. I agree with you. I agree with you. It's nuts. But, I mean, they got that Russian oligarch, Roman Abramovich, who's got, like, a trillion dollars. Please bring well, him to the oligarchy if you're listening. All, also, all he does is uh, fire and hire. Yeah. So I'm sure Frank Lampard will be fired within but 12 to, months. But uh, to get back to uh, Maurizio Sarri. Wait, do you think Abramovich, a- Abramovich feels a little <laughs> cucked that he didn't get the chance to fire Sarri, that Sarri just left for kind of a better job offer if you think about it? I think you're right. Do, do, you, th- do you think he feels cucked? I think he feels uh, cucked. I mean, he's not a candidate for cuck of the year. No, 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 no. no. I'm not going that far. Don't be but crazy. But there's some, there some slight cuckery. Um, one thing that I think you were trying to get to before I kind of derailed your conversation, uh, Maurizio Sarri going to returning to Italy, going to Juve. There may it may not be like internationally known, but there's a very large uh, Juve Napoli rivalry. Those two clubs absolutely hate each other from like bad blood from the '80s and '90s. Uh, Sarri being the guy that built up Napoli to what they are today. Uh, to you know, champions, perennial champions league qualifiers, uh, challengers for Juventus. When he left, left in good terms, they uh, they built or erected a statue uh, in Naples, right by the uh, which is his hometown, and right by uh, the stadium to kind of honor the work he put into his hometown club. What happened to that statue? I was kind of teeing up you to go over that part. Well, it has been torn down. Like less than a day after they announced, like it was became official that Sorry was going to Juve. Yeah, that is just that's brutal. Um, you know what else is brutal and unfair? How these three Nicaraguan <laughs> players were treated at the Gold Cup. They're just at the Gold Cup, trying to kill some time. So what do they do? Hire a couple of prosties. Not that big of a deal, and they get banished from the from the gold cup for what hiring a few escorts i would like to point out nicaragua expelled the players themselves this wasn't like a gold cup 
you gotta. Yeah, no, I I am upset at the Nicaraguan. Oh man, I'm not gonna try. I'm not even gonna try that one again. <laughs> Football Association, Ni- soccer Ni- association. That's no, who I'm pissed that. off at. Yeah, I it's uh, I, I knew this was gonna get a rise out of you, but um, I mean, not as much of a rise as those hookers got out of those boys. Uh, so yeah, th- that's one way to. Uh, now we're just talking about boners. <laughs> uh, some slight cucking and uh, and rise out of hookers. There we go. This is now we're back on brand. Um, the uh, so that that's what these Nicaraguan uh, players try to do to, to kill some time. Do you hear what one of the Cuban players did to pass the time? Did he try to defect? No, he did defect. <laughs> This is a this is a thing that happens uh, pretty much every Gold Cup or almost every Gold Cup. Um, a Cuban player or two will either attempt to defect or they will actually defect. Uh, there are some interesting stories that some of the uh, like the U.S. players from the '90s have talked about, where during games with Cuba, they would be asking them questions about like where can they go to seek asylum and and all this stuff. That's crazy, man. It's, it's absolutely nuts. Obviously, they're doing what they have to do to, to kind of escape a bad situation. Um, so it's just, it's just amazing to me that, like, that's a thing that happens as a result of soccer. Yeah. Um, more U.S. soccer. Uh, the U.S. Women's World Cup's been going on. The um, We're not really going to cover it in depth. We're just going to kind of mention how the U.S. women are doing really briefly. They are crushing everyone in they're their past. They're killing it. Killing it. Yeah. However, they did come from from some uh, scrutiny for beating uh, Thailand thirteen to zero. Dude, you must have, you must have Thailand. <laughs> I almost did say Thailand. I've been talking about getting cocked and boaters and hookers, and I'm just I don't know. It just got me in a special mood. Yeah, they. Uh, I think they were getting more more flack for celebrating uh, the goals less so than scoring the goals. Um, I know Donnie make sure we're not gonna like really go to de- deep analysis about the the women's game. We we don't follow women's soccer uh, on a yearly basis, so I don't know if we have the 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 insight to really talk too much. We're not qualified but, to talk about women's soccer on this podcast. Yeah, but I have absolutely no issue with what happened. I mean, some of these players were scoring their first ever goal and their first ever World Cup appearance for their company country. That's the biggest moment of their lives. Like fucking celebrate. I completely disagree with you. That's I think cool. it was absolutely classless. I don't think I have no problem with them going up 13-0, but when you're doing scissor kicks in midair after 8-0-9-0, I think it showed a lack of class and a lack of respect to the opponent. So I and I understand the I, whole if you don't want them to celebrate, don't score 13. I get that, but as America, I always think we should go high when others go low. Well, I also th- there were some interesting uh, remarks that some of the Thailand players made afterwards uh, where they said it would have been incredibly more insulting had they scored and not celebrated because that would have meant like they're not even, you know, putting effort in and, and they're so I I see the the view and like I've been in situations where I've gotten my ass kicked and people like try to patronize me and that just makes me feel even more infuriated. So I, I completely get it. And I also like I said, this is the fucking World Cup. You don't know how many chances you're gonna get to score goals and to win games. I'd say celebrate. Okay. That's you have it. Your hosts of uh, are split on this. Uh, I mean, a lot of a lot of st- people were talking about this that that whole celebration thing. I mean, it was on ESPN, Fox Sports. It was all over the place. So it was interesting. Um, also, the, the, like you said, though the women are doing really well off to a hot start. Uh, I think it has been important to note that 
Thailand and Chile, their first two opponents. Not the highest quality, but uh, tomorrow they face off against Sweden. That's going to be the first true litmus test for uh, how I think this team really is going to stack up against the rest of the comp- the rest of the challengers in the competition. Yeah, Sweden knocked them out of the uh, out of the Olympics. So a little bit of a uh, little bit of bad blood there. And Donnie, before you admit, so we're jumping to the hot guy of the week, our our favorite segment, and I think everybody's favorite segment, really, because who doesn't love some hot guys? Um, I I homophobic have men, homophobic men do not love hot guys. That's fair. That's fair. Um, I have a theory that you and I may have the same pick here, but you're you're first on the docket, so you can go. I know we don't for a fact. Oh, you didn't pick who I thought you were gonna pick. I didn't pick an American. So if you, okay. I know you thought I was gonna pick an American. Hundred percent. No, hot guy of the week for me had to be Cristiano Ronaldo. The hat trick against Switzerland was absurd. Winning the UEFA Nations League, not I don't even know what that means, but he still won it. Was that technically within this week? Dude, we have used hot guy of the week so loosely. <laughs> um, I mean, listen, it was I was between Cristiano Ronaldo and who I think is going to be your pick. It, but it is my pick. I had to go Cristiano Ronaldo here just because he's so hot. And, I mean, a hat trick is a hat trick. Yeah, I mean, that's fair. And, and he, you know, he won some title that we're not really sure what that means. We're not sure what it like, means yet. But but you know what? In 30 years, teams, it's probably more teams, prestigious than the Gold Cup. I'll tell you what. But, well, that's for damn sure. It's already more it, – it's, it's an inaugural season. And it's already more prestigious than the Gold Cup. <laughs> um, and also, teams that participated – they they feel the top rosters, yeah. Not just Portugal, but the ones they went against. They all feel the top rosters. So yeah, I, I that is impressive. Uh, my hot guy of the week was a, a selection I made as uh, the U.S. game ended last night. Not been a lot to be happy or proud about for U.S. Uh, senior team uh, over the last couple of weeks, and we're gonna hit on that in a, in a few minutes. But my God, uh, we have a guy that we cap tied officially last night. His first competitive match for the U.S. He's one of those uh, dual nationals. So, uh, Abby Wombat, don't pay attention. I know how much you hated uh, us calling up dual nationals. Um, it's true. I mean, the tape the tape literally supports that. But he's a uh, a Kiwi American, and his name's Tyler Boyd. And my God, this guy is just classic good looks that guy is so attractive like he should probably quit soccer and like be a model or an actor it's gonna be be a model it'll be less work he's just like a he's just a beautiful man like he's beautiful he's beautiful he he's he's gorgeous he's everything he makes me want to be a better man when i when i when i see him uh also he also makes me hate the fact that i look like a mr potato head doll too (laughs) Also, in his uh, debut for the national team, he only scored two goals out of the four, and uh, they were probably the I'd say two of the better goals. He had a, a great run, settled it a long ball, cut it back, ripped it low corner, and then he had another one where he just blasted the ball on frame, got a deflection, got it in. Uh, exciting uh, you know, forward attacking player. Seems to play on the, the, the right wing. I'm looking forward to really one of the very few – bright spots so far that we've seen uh this calendar year of the united states and i'll tell you what i'm sure tyler boyd does a lot of blasting and putting it in tyler if you want to come on the podcast and talk about that you know or just come on the podcast and let us look at you in silence 
I mean, we can just post picture up for that. <laughs> it's my Instagram feed is all Tyler Boyd and Jack Grealish. You better believe it. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, John Terry. Don't fucking tell us it's not. Oh yeah, and Tony Terry. Don't forget the wife. <laughs> uh, <laughs> mo- moving on to the old aptitude test. I'm just curious what you think this man would be doing if he was not coaching the U.S. men's national team. And, of course, I'm referring to MLS Greg fucking Berhalter. Well, if he wasn't coaching the national team, he wouldn't be ruining my dreams, hopes, and ambitions. I'll tell you that. That's what he wouldn't be doing. Uh, What would he be doing? Greg Berhalter. I kind of see him... As, like, a used car salesman. Dude, holy shit. No way. Oh, my God. Yeah? Literally, I already had my rebuttal to you. He's 100% a used car salesman. <laughs> the kind of guy that, that you know, kind of does some some, some shine and some, some little work under the hood to the car so that when you test it, it runs well. But, like, as soon as that baby hits, like, 20 miles uh, post-sale, the fucking radiator leaks and the... the like the, the, the wheels somehow disappear and it's on blocks now. Like he's, he's 100% takes something that should work and should function properly and well, but makes tweaks and edits to it where everything breaks or all the shitty pieces are, are put in. You know what he does? He sells you the car. Two weeks later, he breaks into the car and steals it back and then sells it to someone else. <laughs> He's the wor- he's the best and worst uh, used car salesman because every week he's making a sale, but every week it's the same car. <laughs> so, so while yours is funnier, mine actually, I, I, and I'll hit on this in a few minutes, I'm pulling mine specifically from examples from him running the national team, which right now runs about as smoothly as a used car. Yeah. Okay, Eric. If you weren't a a and I put this in quotes, legendary goalkeeper for the Mexican national team. Oh, what would Guillermo Ochoa or as Ochoa Ochoa be doing? Well, um, if we're sticking with the car uh, analogy, he would be a car that's permanently in park because he never moves and the ball just kicks at his fucking face. Now, if I'm going to actually say, what would he be? I see him as like an actor on a uh, a Spanish telenovela, you know, one of those uh, Spanish soap operas. Yes, I'm aware. And like, he, I also I picture him talking like the announcers going, "Ochoa." <laughs> he just he can only say his own name. Often. I remember Ochoa. So I have a very different take. And remember that weird thing we talked about oh, earlier. Christ. Okay. He 1,000% looks like a guy who slides into girls' DMs and asks to buy pictures of their feet. Oh. So he he can, you know. Does he he buy pictures of their feet or does he slide into their their DMs and uh, talks about how he'll take photos of them and get them into modeling magazines? Oh. I don't know. Whenever I look at that guy, I think that is a guy who has a foot fetish. You, do you think he's – does he remind you of the guy from Mr. Deeds? I like feet. Oh, you know what? I bet you that's what it is. <laughs> that guy was definitely not Mexican, so that kind of makes me look a little racist. <laughs> uh, moving on. Um, all right. Finally, if anyone's still listening to the podcast after – I don't know why. 
uh, we can conclude the European season with the Champions League final, which was, except for one thing which I will talk about in depth after Eric talks about the game, was by all accounts the most boring game of soccer ever. Oh my god, this game... So, had this been... Like, if this was one of their Premier League matchups between Tottenham and Liverpool, it would have easily ranked on the bottom half of Liverpool fixtures for the season... Of, of Premier League fixtures for the seasons. It was incredibly boring. There was, I think... Um, relatively um not not suspect uh but potentially problematic uh pk for a handball awarded two minutes actually less than two minutes into the game and it wasn't like that it was definitely not a handball because i mean it does hit it kind of looked like the hinge of the the arm and the shoulder joint uh but they didn't even use volume and that just surprised me seeing as this entire tournament they've been heavily going to VAR anytime there's a potential question or concern and I just thought they didn't even look at it seemed a little fishy to me maybe the fix was in from the start I don't know that's that's what that's what people are saying you know I'm hearing it I don't know if I'm hearing it from myself or from other people definitely myself but we'll see Uh, I mean once you go down 1-0 in the second minute you're chasing the game the entire way and eventually Liverpool got the opening to get the second goal it just man that's a that it's in that gray Tottenham, area Tottenham, of the shoulder Tottenham, arm. Tottenham were done the minute that uh, the second that that PK was awarded. Yeah, because and, the way Liverpool are built and the way they play with that high press, uh, it's just you're chasing the game, and uh, it's a shame. Harry Kane, I don't know. People are saying he wasn't fit enough to play. It also just could have been that that the way that game started just prevented from you know Tottenham from being able to use him in the most effective way or any effective way. On that point, I'll say this. I understand the argument that, you know, he's been injured and these are the guys you got there without him. You can win without. I get that argument. You play your best players in the biggest games. But Pochettino was going to get criticized. Unless they won this game, if he didn't play him, people were going to be like, he's an idiot. He didn't play Hurricane. He played him and everyone's like, oh, he's an idiot. He, you know, Pochettino... If, unless he won the Champions League final, he was going to get yep. heavily, heavily criticized no matter what he did. Yeah. Um, now, are, are we done talking about the game? Do we, do we have to get, okay, let, talk, about, talk about what you want to talk about. Okay. Unless you were under a rock, there was a pitch invader, Kinsley Wolanski, absolute smoke, running around in like a one-piece thong thing. I have about 150 pictures of her pitch invading on my phone. Yeah, you sent it to me. <laughs> that made for an interesting. Uh... She was yeah. wearing it on that onesie thong thing. She was wearing it said "vitally uncensored," and if you Is go it to vitally their... or vitally, 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 I don't know. But if you go to their website, it says these are the words that appear: wild tech pranks, tits plus ass, no rules, and it's some sort of prank porn Is twist it, thing. It like punked, but with like. With tits and ass? <laughs> I think so. But this chick, Kinsley Wonski, apparently her boyfriend is the owner of it. And here's what's nuts. Before the before she invaded that pitch, she had $350,000 uh, uh, Instagram that followers. Pitch? Invaded that pitch? Is that code? <laughs> yeah. Afterwards, she had 2.6 million what Instagram about the followers. I have no I I really did not... <laughs> 
Dude, what, I, what I'm wondering, so clearly this this stunt was a success for her fame. I wonder if if the company she was stunting for benefited I as well. Yeah, I really think this kind of backfired on them a little bit. I think she was way too hot for everyone to not focus on her. <laughs> um, yeah, that's the Champions yeah. League. A boring game and a uh, hot pitch invader. And uh, Liverpool won, so congrats to them, I guess. Yeah, if you're into that sort of thing, that whole yell thing. <laughs> um, Europa League final. Well, let me tell you what. The only thing shittier than Arsenal was that Azerbaijanian stadium because if you had a front row ticket, you were 30 yards away from the field. <laughs> it was so bad, but Arsenal got hammered and Chelsea won the Europa League, which was sorry and Eden Hazard's last gift to Chelsea before they both left for better opportunities for greener pastures while uh chelsea's about to get hit with that transfer ban <laughs> that yeah so good news is uh Pulisic's gonna be able to play in the super cup bad news is that nobody attractive invaded the field in the europa league final well to, it wasn't it would, it would have been impossible it would have been a 50 yard sprint to get there from... <laughs> <laughs> um, oh wait donnie maybe, maybe maybe they tried oh, we just never saw it because they never made it to the pitch if you are a pitch invader, you got to scope that shit out first. You got to realize that there's like, wow, I got a lot of real estate to navigate through before I get on that field. Um, UEFA Nations League, we talked about it. Portugal won. Portugal beat Switzerland with a Ronaldo hat trick, then beat the Netherlands in the final. Who did the Netherlands beat to get to the final? They played, they beat England, but England finished in third. Cool. So, hey, fourth in the World Cup, third in the UEFA Nations League. England is looking good. Still have that shitty run of semifinals. Yeah, this is is the worst team (laughs) in the semifinals possible. Um, Interesting Ronaldo stat. He's played in 28 major finals, won 21 of them, and scored 19 goals. That's pretty impressive. he's He's just a big game player, man. And with that, we now turn our attention to something that Eric has been very excited to talk about. We all know his uh, proclivities for the younger gentleman. So, Eric, why don't you talk to us about the Under-20 World Cup recap? Because I don't even know who won the tournament. Ukraine won. The team that beat us in the very first game and uh, won our group, they beat South Korea in, the I think, 4-1 or 3-1 just on Sunday to uh or maybe saturday i don't remember one of those two days to win the under 20 world cup congratulations to the ukrainian boys i'm sure eric will be hitting all of you up soon more importantly though donnie you're an asshole <laughs> that's, um, that's, that's more importantly than the ukrainian yes. under 20 team winning the world cup is that well I'm it's more important than you congrats with your empty congratulations towards it wasn't empty i call bullshit uh, I really meant that you would try to reach out to them. <laughs> so uh, I just wanted to use this as a point, as, as, as an opportunity to talk about a couple things. And now I'm going to veer in between U20 and the men's national team in the United States. Um, as most of you probably know, or hopefully know if you saw followed soccer or this podcast, uh, in the run-up to the Gold Cup, the U.S. played uh, a couple of friendlies, one of which was against Jamaica. I shit you not. That game was so boring to me, 
someone who watches any U.S. soccer, I, I literally can get my fucking eyes on. I'm like a, a junkie for this shit. That game was so boring, I elected to listen to the game with my eyes closed for like five, ten minute period in the first half. That's how pathetic that performance was. Um, I wasn't, you know, able to watch live the uh, the Venezuela game, but Donnie got the full. Oh. <laughs> so me but... and my dad went to this Irish pub in San Antonio, and we had that game playing on one TV and the uh, UEFA Nations League final playing on the other TV. It was actually a perfect setup. And my just watching my dad's face during this game against Venezuela when we end up getting shit pumped three zero. My dad looked repulsed. He looked so insulted. You would think that someone had put his their ball sack in my father's drink. That is the face that my dad had watching that game. Like, I'm pretty sure he like at some at one point he literally visibly turned his body away from that TV, which wasn't necessary to watch the other TV to watch just the UEFA Nations League final. Um, the reason I brought that up while we were talking about the U20s was that like, uh, there was a, a point where after seeing that Jamaica game, like that was pathetic. Uh, the U.S. played in the quarterfinal or in the uh, round of 16 of the World the U-20 World Cup. They played against France. Uh, the Fox Sports app fucked me over and spoiled the score when I was going to go watch the replay later. So I knew the result. I knew that we beat France. And I still elected to watch every minute of that game. And, like, it's a sad state of affairs when people are more excited to watch the U-20, even though it's a World Cup, a U-20 game over any sort of actual national team game that's that that's pathetic that's an indictment on uh management the coach uh you know united states soccer as an organization well i mean all the under 20 kids are so many of them are based out of europe you can tell they play with a higher iq look at the way they pass the ball instead of passing the ball around the fullback and making your 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 attacking wing player have to go around the fullback with the ball they're smart enough to play that same ball in between the fullback and the center back, so without the ball, your winger can just speed past everyone. Yep. It's like, they, they play with such a higher soccer IQ because they're mainly based out of Europe. They also switch up their runs. Like if uh, when the attacking winger gets the ball and runs down the down the touchline, the fullback will cut inside and make a run inside of him to help kind of do some interplay there. If instead the uh, the attacker cuts in, the fullback will run outside of him, and if the fullback gets ball instead of passing it to the winger uh and makes the run himself the wingers will will you know make their runs either inside of or outside of they'll cut in they'll switch basically they're dynamic they don't just uh decide oh this is the one move i have to make every attacking play every time uh because they actually have i guess some iq of the game uh the other thing when they when these players decide we need to switch the attack they don't pass the ball three times before crossing across the field. When they get the ball out of transition, they immediately are looking to push forward instead of diddling with each other for five minutes before fucking advancing the ball forward. It's just and I call it intelligent play, but it's 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 goddamn common sense, and it's infuriating to see that we have under twenty, we have seventeen to nineteen year old kids that know how to play soccer this way. But we have a national team that either doesn't know or the manager doesn't know how to how to bring that play in. It's both. The manager doesn't. Greg Berhalter is not a good coach. Even in the win against Guyana, not a good coach. We should have beaten that team eight zero. That four nothing win is not a good. It was not a good result. I don't care what the scoreline says. It was not a good. Result. Especially when one of the goals is a total accident. It was a. It was 
I mean, Zardes' two goals this year have been complete unintentional, like, uh, blooper goals. Um, uh, one thing one thing I, I was just curious, um, I know you watched a couple of the games, you saw some of the, the, the stuff from the U-20 team. Uh, if you had to pick one player to, like, keep, you know, if, if basically if there's one player who you would not be surprised to see on the national team, you know, in the next five to six years from this crop. Chris Richards. Because we still go to own goal Omar Gonzalez and Chris Long and all these other bullshit MLS center backs. So, yeah, I'm going to go Chris Richards. Um, longtime fans of the podcast may recall, like, one of our early episodes, uh, I believe Donnie brought up the uh, FC Dallas kid product that was uh, transferred over to Bayern Munich, uh, center back Chris Richards, captain the side. Definitely a great pick. Very solid uh, in defense, good positioning, uh, good bailout tackling as well. Uh, my, my pick is actually uh, on the back line as well. Uh, I think he's been getting some good coverage after this World Cup. Uh, going into the World Cup, a lot of people were talking about the Ajax product, uh, Serginho Dest, on, on the right back. Very exciting offensive talent, but seemed to be a bit of a defensive liability at times. I was really impressed with uh, the left back, Chris Gloucester. Plays over in the uh, – plays for Hanover in the Bundesliga. Yeah. He was very, very impressive. Really, really solid as a left back. Uh, been, been a position that, you know, we seem to have had some question marks. I know we've what, got... What are you talking about? We just bring DeMarcus Beasley out of retirement every time we need one. <laughs> we had a, a left winger, Fabian Johnson, playing left back for like six years. He was probably uh, one of our better... He was probably our top five USA left back, too. No, seriously. Like, not... Yeah, that that's... But... Uh, I know you and I are pretty excited about the potential of Anthony Robinson, uh, who did not get, who got cut from the the Gold Cup squad. So that's fantastic. So but Josh Sargent. A, so fuck that. Yeah, that comes in a second. Um, had a Kloster had a really good World Cup. Didn't really have any any kind of fuck ups in defense. Uh, was really good in linking up with the attack, making runs, staying back, helping bail out. Just a really overall solid performance. Uh, really, really hope to see him get some first-team playing time in the Bundesliga next couple of years. Yeah, and I'll, I will say this. That guy, Sebastian Soto, is a player. Yeah. So That kid can score. So uh, Josh Sargent was uh, not called up to the, to the U-20, even, even though he's 18 years old, not called up to the U-20 uh, World Cup so that he could participate in the men's national team camp and potentially make the Gold Cup squad. Uh, turns out after being secluded, you know, rejected from the Gold Cups or the, wow, I'm fucking up really bad here. After being excluded from the U20 squad, he then gets cut from the Gold Cup squad so that we can start Giazzi fucking Zardes in his place because Berhalter said Zardes is just further along as a soccer player right now. No fucking shit. Zardes is like 27 years old and Jacques Sargent is 18 years old. I just feel like Berhalter's goal right now is to win the Gold Cup. That's his goal. And for me, I don't give a fuck what happens in the Gold Cup. What I want to do is win. You know I hate the Gold Cup. What I want to do is, you might hate the Gold Cup more than you hate the Copa America. Oh, I definitely hate the Gold Cup more than I hate the Copa America. And you hate the Copa America so much. So much. 
Uh, I can't wait for our next episode where we're going to do like a Copa America deep dive. Yeah. Uh, That'll be my happen. deep dive into heroin. <laughs> any, in, anyway, though, um, I don't care. I mean, obviously, if we lose to Jamaica, I'm going to be fucking pissed in the Gold Cup. But like in the grand scheme of things, the results here don't really matter. What should be happening is playing the squad we're going to rely on for World Cup qualifying. And, and then, ultimately in the 2022 World Cup. In the 2022 World Cup. And if we play Giazzi Zardes in that World Cup, then we might as well sign our, our death warrant and not make it out of the group stage now. But, you know, who could use uh, some playing time would be maybe Josh Sargent, uh, help him develop some chemistry with the likes of Christian Pulisic, Weston McKinney, uh, Tyler Boyd, you know, the players that he's going to be playing with. Okay. I need to address this Jossie Zardes point. If Jossie Zardes goes to the 2022 World Cup, that is the equivalent of holding your wife's legs open while another man fucks her. I just, I don't know how else to describe what that would be like. I don't, I don't know. I, I'm not getting the the parallel, but it's, as, it, you know what? It's, it's incredibly absurd and should never happen. So I get where you're coming from. That's what I'm saying. Uh, yeah, it is just yeah. so ridiculous and just so self-sacrifice. Like, just no. Yeah, it's 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 complete bullshit. Uh, Tyler Adams got hurt, which was bull- which was bullshit. But what's even bigger bullshit is why was Burhalter gonna play him as a right back? And also, speaking of another guy who got fucked by being in the men's camp, but couldn't, but then so couldn't go to the under twenty World Cup. Reggie Cannon. Yeah. Why and so we get Nick Lima, who's like five oh, years back, older. Like our background against Guyana is 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 incredibly suspect. MLS, uh, MLS, MLS, old as shit. I have a feeling that we are going to. Uh, so basically, like I said, I don't care about results in terms of like, you know, winning the gold cup doesn't do anything for me. But I have, I guess, expectations of performance. And I think the one thing Berhalter did with with establishing his uh, his goal is to win this cup because it's like the most. Imp- I guess for Berhalter, this might be the only actual tournament he's in charge of. So in that way, it's going to be the most important tournament of his coaching career for the for the United States. Um, but he's he's taking it like he's expecting to win, which means the only acceptable outcome for for him is to win. If they lose to Mexico. That will not be a success. If we lose to Mexico in the finals, that will not be a successful Gold Cup. Um, what will be a fireball offense, in my opinion, is losing in the semifinals or before. Because Mexico and Costa Rica are on the other half of the bracket. Yeah, we have no excuse not to make it to the final. I don't. If, if I'm putting money on it, I'd put money on we don't make it to the final. Well, that's just depressing. I think Berhalter has no uh, touch for the international game. I think he's bringing MLS tactics. I don't think he understands MLS tactics with MLS players. And yeah, yeah. Also, uh, Weston McKinney was clearly uh, moving slow, laboring a little bit, and uh, Berhalter did nothing. 15 minutes later, pulls up with a hammy, has to get subbed off. He's just – we said it from the when he, they hired him, and we said we'd hope be wrong, but we're not. He just – he's not good enough of a coach. He doesn't have experience at the top level. Experience in MLS isn't experience at the top level. Having a roster of MLS players 
isn't going to do it. You will not win a World Cup. Like, that's what people don't get. It. It's like, none of this shit matters. The Gold Cup, if the U.S. is in the Copa America, okay. I, if the U.S. was in the Copa America, okay, I'd really want, I would really want to win that. But my point is, all that matters is the World Cup. Also, I just like to point out that if this team was being led by Jurgen Klinsmann right now and getting these results, like, people would be burning him in effigy. Yeah, he would have been fired yesterday. But yeah, all that matters is the World Cup and none of this bullshit. Uh, these are like participation trophies. Obviously, we're going to hold the team performance to a standard that we expect. Uh, but I, I think you and I were texting about this last night. I think right now, uh, Mexico is at a point where they are clearly far ahead of us. Yeah, their coach used to coach at a little team called Barcelona. Ever heard of it? Um, also, like performance-wise, like I said, Mexico far and ahead, of, far and away ahead of us. Before you know, just how they're playing. Uh, Costa Rica has officially, I think, closed that gap on us. There's, you know, they've been catching up on us over the last couple of years. I think they've caught us. Um, also, I think Panama and Jamaica are closer to us competitively than they ever have been in their history as, as, as you know, soccer nations. Which is just to say, we are talent-wise. I think we are getting somewhere when you look at the players that we have, um, especially but, these under twenty kids who are so many of them are based in Europe. Exactly, it's these, it's these. You know, they're even the one. It's funny is you know we talked about McKinney, Adams, Pulisic. They all would have qualified for the under twenty by age, but we use them for the national team, which is just kind of crazy to think about. Um, but yeah, it's all these really young guys, so we have the talent. Uh, and we have some key older players with experience. Hopefully we can get Yeti healthy and, and things of that nature. But we're just not making the steps that we, we clearly should be making. And we are actually getting left behind. Yeah. No child left behind. More like the U.S. national team left behind. Uh, that wasn't really a good one. I just, no, when you said left bad. behind, I knew, yeah, I'm not going to edit it out. It's staying in there. Good. Uh, yeah, okay. that's that's really everything so, I got. Though. We got Trinidad and Tobago Saturday, kind of a grudge match, if you will. Uh, Eric, I will be in Austin, Texas, Saturday at seven p.m. Should we have an own goal watch party at a local watering hole? We could, uh, we could, we could see if we can make something happen. Yeah, I have to ask for permission, but <laughs> yeah, let's, uh, let's, uh. Let's... Uh, check your schedule if you know what I mean. <laughs> and, uh, no, 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 sir. It was you that had to check your calendar. Calendar, God, I got it. Oh, well, for me, it's calendar. For you, it can be a schedule. Yeah, but um, this is episode thirty-one of Own Goal Podcast. We've been we forgot to mention this last episode, but we've been doing this over a year now. Uh, special treat for you: the next episode will be the first ever Own Goal Podcast Award Show, where we hand out end of season awards like. Hot guy of the year, cuck of the year, obscure, really obs- obscure sexual reference Eric doesn't understand of the year. Oh, uh, I'll give you a hint. There's only one that really qualifies. Uh, but it'll so it'll be a little bit of a different episode. We'll talk a little bit about Copa America and update you on the U.S. soccer team, but really focusing on our awards. And if anything happens crazy in the transfer window, we'll uh, get into that. Uh, please follow us on t- Twitter at OwnGoalPod. Email us, OwnGoalPod at gmail.com. Maybe don't email us right now because soccer just sucks. Yeah. But 
Actually, please email us. We're very lonely. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, we, we, we need those emails to keep us going. But uh, thanks for listening. Bye. Bye. I was sitting wishing in this barren desert wasteland all alone. Hoping that mirages were in some type of scene I've come to know. She whispered closely, told me this is all that we could ever be. But none of me would be the enemy and destroy our destiny. Cause our love is a battlefield, and I'm a soldier made of steel, and I'll fight until the end. Shall wounds always bend? Oh no. I'm on camp here tonight. And I'll win your love, love, love. If you're ready for war, I'll run the sun, sun, sun. Just surrender your core. I'll give you bombs of my love, but I don't wanna explode. So follow me, follow me. And I'll show you home. Crush my spirit, oh yeah, right down to the bone. Until the day I realize my courage is all I ever know. Cause our love is a battlefield, and I'm a soldier made of steel, and I'll fight until the end. Shallow wounds always bend, oh no. Surrender your core, I'll give you bombs of mine.